Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series from Vimeo. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is part two of a four-part series where we'll be answering questions from Canadian business owners from all across the country. On today's episode, I'm joined by two of our event panelists, Julia Wood, a business development manager at Futurepreneur, and Nathan Ma, a founder at Miro. As we kick off a new year, we'll be answering some questions about launching a business and managing your startup. So we can start with our first question today. This is from Stephen in Mississauga. Stephen is asking, do you have any advice on funding for a startup without incurring a large debt? This is for the initial start before you scale enough to generate significant revenue month over month. You know what? I want to give everybody, if you're, if you're watching this right now and you're a startup, I want to give you all a task. And this sounds a little strange way to maybe answer the question, but I want you to stop speaking to, to people who love you so much because what happens is the following. You, you, go, you go out with your business idea and you'll tell them what your business idea is. And a lot of people will say, that's amazing. That, that is great. And as Canadian, we tend to be overly polite, as you know, and they tell you they love you and they tell you it's amazing and they tell you get out there and go for it. And when you bring that out, I'll buy it and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's particularly effective. I think your friends and family mean well, but it's a little bit destructive. Turn around to those friends and family and ask them each for $5,000 to invest in your company. And then maybe you start hearing a few of the actual opinions they have of your business. What I'm trying to say to you is that you don't really know what your business is worth or how you're doing until you ask people to actually write a check. And by the way, a lot of people can give their opinion on your business, but unless they're writing a check, I'm not sure that opinion is so valid. What most people do, what most people do to start a company and do really well is that you should start it from a place that says, I have a problem and I'm going to solve that problem for me because I went out there and I couldn't find any solution. Once you find it and you fell in love with the problem and you solved that problem for yourself, you then went out and sold it to others. That's exactly what you know Travis did at, um, at Uber. He literally couldn't get a taxi, so he gave one limo driver a BlackBerry a long time ago, and his friends started calling him and saying, where's your limo driver with the BlackBerry? I, want to get a, I can't get a ride tonight. He knew he had something because he had so much demand on it because he was solving his problem, his partner's problem that couldn't... Uh, efficiently get a taxi. And by the way, go to a city right now that doesn't have Uber, you'll find it very challenging. Um, you know, there's also a great story, if some of you don't remember this game, but I do, it's called Trivial Pursuit. And the uh, the originator of Trivial Pursuit back in the 70s got a whole bunch of friends and family to give him each, it was like ten or $20,000 and they did, and they each got a million dollars or something in return, some big number, but they started with friends and family. So if you do get friends and family to invest, you know, that's a good start if you invest as well. And then typically at some point, those people get bought out. But the, the truth is, is that the way to answer your question is to tell you that you need to get to the truth of your business and make sure you're solving a problem that you had and that people want it by demand. Many, many people approach me with a business where they, they show me something and they're trying to find the problem. And they're really smart coders from Waterloo and all this stuff, but I'm like, but you didn't have the problem, you're looking for the problem, you know? And it is an amazing thing about people. You will spend 30 minutes looking for the perfect shampoo, but you'll spend less time deciding that you have a great company and going out there and asking for money. You know, you haven't probably done the work as much as you think. Try to get your friends and family to invest. When people are writing a check, they're the most honest. 
So our next question is from Maya in Caledon for one of our panelists, Julia Wood. Any tips on how to help an early stage startup? I'm the founder of a disruptive and innovative startup, but we feel that we are not sufficiently visible because we are not getting access to loans. All right, thank you so much, Maya, for that question. So there's a couple of things that I do wanna touch on here. You did mention the accessibility of loans. So our program does offer up to $60,000 of unsecured financing. We do wanna make sure that that money is going to be used in a good debt capacity. So what that essentially means from our lens is that you're using it for business development expenses. And we wanna see in that startup stage that you are working towards market readiness. We wanna see that revenue generation is a goal for you in the next few months. And the big reason behind that is we do want to see that you have the ability to start paying back the loan at some point. So that's really a big thing with startups. We do want to see that customer validation. And typically, we want to see a working beta or a prototype of what you're working on. We want to see that proven model. So try to have that skin in the game when you're coming to either investors or financing agencies to talk about taking on some either debt or equity-based financing. Having that working model, that customer validation is so, so important. For us, we also look at a business plan and a two-year cash flow forecast. So these are super crucial documents that we highly recommend all entrepreneurs take a look at, whether you're a startup or you've been operating for a few years. Uh, make sure you're updating those documents if you haven't looked at them in the pandemic. And if you've never worked on them, now's a really good time to start. So. Uh, Futurepreneur actually, in partnership with BMO, has a really fantastic business plan writer that is available for free. Uh, so check that out. Fantastic resource that's there to help build out a roadmap, step by step, everything you need to consider to build out that, that strategic guide for the business that's going to take you in those next steps. I always recommend doing a review of your business plan at least once or twice a year. Make sure it's up to date. Make sure that it's full of the right information, especially as times are changing so quickly right now. We're also recommending a COVID-19 strategy as a part of the business plan. So that's a new thing that people haven't thought about before. Um, but we want to see, again, how are you going to pivot? Are you considering potential risks that you're going to need to assess that might affect your future business operations. So for example, if a stricter lockdown would affect your day-to-day -day operations, what's your plan? We wanna see that you've thought these things through. The two-year cash flow forecast is projecting your financials. So when are you gonna start making money? When are you projecting your revenues to come in? And are your expenses are they uh, in line with your actual sales assumptions as well? So that's really important. We do wanna see sustainable financials. We wanna see that you have enough um, cash coming in from different funding sources to support your startup costs and support those long-term goals for yourself as well. So ensure that you're working through those documents and the last thing that I do want to mention, there are so many COVID-19 resources that are available to entrepreneurs right now. Um, so if you are building up your visibility in the tech space, in that digital space, there's some really great programs. Um, 
the support is out there. We do want to help. So make sure you do your research, you do the due diligence, uh, be prepared, have that business plan, work through your financials and understand your needs, um, but reach out to the right uh, areas for support as well, whether that's through a government means, I'm um, in a program that's new and existing because of COVID or programs that are existing to give you that mentorship and coaching support that uh, you need to take your business to that next level during these uncertain times. And now a message from our sponsor. You're listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series from BMO. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations, learning and insights, or visit our business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. There you'll find helpful articles and videos for any stage of business, whether you're starting out, expanding, or looking for advice. I recommend the latest content series on crisis planning, which in this current age is more relevant than ever. There's an expansive e-guide that you can download absolutely free with chapters about cash flow crisis or even applying for government grants. And there's four companion workbooks to help you get started. So if you want to see your business one step ahead, visit bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. So our next question is actually again for one of our panelists, Nathan Ma. Nathan, Sam from Toronto would like to know, does good governance improve or impede business momentum? Does governance need to be reinvented at a time of crisis? Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Sam, for the question. Yeah, I mean, I think the question of governance for small business owners is, is a much different question than maybe for some other large businesses that uh, we have across our country. Because the beauty, beautiful thing about running a small business is a lot of times um, you're uh, sitting on the board of directors, you're also on the e executive chair, and you're in the management office, and you're one of the employees. Um, so you're doing many of these things at once. So your decisions have a lot of impact over the entire organization. Quite simply, good governance can be the make or break uh, for a company during times of crisis. For us internally, what happened back in March, we were closing our office and things were going to change. And we made sure that our whole team was uh, was safe and, and secure. You know, we, we created a plan in order to make sure that you know, they were uh, going to be taken care of um, and we communicated that plan to them. So this means doing financial forecasting and, and making sure that um, your company is in a good position to succeed during the crisis and much beyond. Um, because none of us knew back in March what the economy was going to look like, what our businesses were going to look like. All we knew was that things were going to change. So when, you're, uh, when you run a small business, you know, you have a, an obligation that you know, your staff and your team is, you know, they have the confidence in you as the leader and that you're going to be able to take them and provide for them as well. So creating a COVID response um, to your customers and, and being able to communicate this to the people around you, um, that's really the next step once you've uh, kind of taken care of, of your own employees and your own team. So this means, um, you know, re starting to reposition yourself, um, as Michael has said, and reposition your business plan so that um, you're addressing what you think the new world will look like. The beautiful thing about COVID was that it was almost a blank slate for all new startup companies, meaning that if you were able to pivot and reposition your problem statement and, and address the market, you could essentially, you know, that would open a lot of doors because people are now listening for new solutions because nobody knows how uh, their business is gonna look in the future. So that's the way that we approach things. We really looked at it as an opportunity to reposition and to ensure that what we thought the world was gonna look like was what our product and our solution was addressing. So to talk a little bit, I guess, about, about, our, uh, about, about our company, we started to reposition to ensure that people could go back to work safely. So we're creating data and analytics for folks to return to the office and return to public spaces safely um, and have the comfort to do so. 
And, you know, we created all of the, the necessary safety measures in, to ensure that, um, you know, the cleaning staff and the people um, that are taking care of the buildings can operate more effectively and help the people going back to work and going back into public spaces feel as confident as possible. So, yeah, I think good governance, absolutely. It, it, it starts from the top. It can have a dramatic effect on your business. And, and to summarize, I think really creates a, a new blank slate for which you can go out into the market and um, hopefully bring things back, uh, back to normal and even better than they were before. Um, our next question here is from Norm in Toronto. And Norm's question is, Ontario's startup community, especially seed stage companies, have been hit particularly hard by COVID yet have been largely ignored by policymakers in terms of economic stimulus. We're heavily reliant on investor capital, and so our firms will form Ontario's economy 10 years from now. Do you have any advice on how we can keep startup businesses going in today's economic environment? So I don't totally agree with the way this question was asked. I've been thinking about this question a lot, and the truth is, is that after March 2020, there's only two types of companies, kind of what I mean in my head, a COVID positive or a COVID negative company. Some of the companies I invested had to really pivot a lot and they were in trouble. Some of them just, you know, blew the doors off because they were in the right place at the right time. Both of them were kind of lucky, unlucky kind of ideas. The, the truth is, is that the world you're in right now, if you're a startup, you should be more agile. You should be thinking much like Nathan here and how he's pivoted his company and we are in this Henry Ford moment where we're getting rid of the horse and buggy, we're bringing in the car, and that shift should allow you to walk into it. When I hear the startup community and need help and all this, I don't think through the recessions and terrible times that I'm in, I ever looked at it that way. I always wanted to be in line and in trend with what was going to be selling and pulling through right now. Let me give you an example and a broader example. Many people are talking about what are we going to do with all the big stores and those malls are going to rot and nothing's going to happen because there's been a collapse of retail. What are we going to do? Well, creative destruction takes over that concept very easily. And that JCPenney and that Sears, well, they'll become a pick and pack places for fulfillment. They'll become gyms, they'll become data centers, they'll become vertical farming where we're gonna grow lettuce. Literally, creative destruction steps into vacuums, takes over and entrepreneurs win. What I'm trying to tell you is the following. There's always a bull market, that's what Jim Cramer says every day to me on TV, and he's right, there's always a bull market. So if you're not in the bull market right now and you're a startup, step back from your business and ask, how can I be in the bull market? Because we're all not coming back to the office. We're all not going back to 2019. You should be able to pivot into the bull market and you shouldn't need as much help as you think. Thanks for listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. Join us next month for our all new episode exploring your business questions. You don't want to miss it, so subscribe now. And while you're at it, go ahead and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. For other great resources, stop by our business resource hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub, where you can book an online appointment or speak to a BMO advisor.